Well, I used to lead large group of teenagers on these trips that were many miles from home. And in anticipation of each trip, I would gather the other adults going with me and would go through an exercise in which I would suggest this question. What's the most important thing we can accomplish on this youth retreat? So it became kind of a brainstorming session and answers started coming forth that were good answers, uh, such as, I think it would be great if the unity of the group would increase. That'd be a good thing. But I said, wrong. So someone else suggested, I think it would be great if, if the kids started worshiping more, which, which would obviously be a good thing. And they were engaged in worship. And I agree that would be a good thing. But I, again, said wrong. Someone else suggest, suggested this. If we could get our kids, our teenagers, to have a regular devotional life, surely that would be the most important thing we accomplish daily, spending time in the Bible and prayer. And again, I told them they were wrong. Because as our camp staff, I said this, the most important thing that we can accomplish this week is to get these kids back to their parents safely. It doesn't matter what God's done in their life. If they don't get back to mom and dad safely, it's not going to do us any good in this life. Well, that's the heart behind this message today. My heart for you as a pastor is for you to understand that every week we talk to you about spiritual truth, which is supreme and which is eternal. But I don't want you, and I don't think the Lord wants you, to disconnect your physical health with how spiritual truth plays out in this life and on this planet. So because of that, today we're going to talk about my health, not Aaron's health personally, but your health, my health as you project it on yourself, because your health is very important. It's very important to you. And as God begins to do great things in your life, the Spirit wants you to see today through the Scripture that God cares about your physical health and your physical health makes a big difference. Now, throughout this talk, I'm going to have to keep giving a bunch of disclaimers and qualifiers unless I get some things straight up front. So let me just get a couple of things uh, and let me just suggest a couple of things up front. And I want you to allow this to be your filter. So as you hear me talk throughout today, it is passing through this filter. The first one is this, is that Americans, we are really idolizing the human body in a negative way. I would even dare say we are worshiping the human body, and that's a negative thing. Uh, we, we want so bad to have the perfect body, even though that definition changes with each generation. So much so that that has become idol worship. And there's just a fact that the Lord wants to remind us of today. And this is not in your notes. It's not a new version, but it'll be valuable as a filter for us. Second Corinthians, uh, I believe it's chapter 4, says it this way. Verse 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That's the great thing about walking with the Lord is that your spirit man gets stronger. But the scripture reinforces something that we see 
is this, is that no one gets around the aging process. And we're all getting older. And we're all aging. And if we're adults, as we age, things become more complicated and things become more difficult. What I want to suggest to you today is we can never get around that fact. You can't get around the fact that you're aging. But you can make choices that accelerate that process. You can make choices that cause you to age quicker or your body to deteriorate quicker than God God would want you to. And that's what I want us to look at. Here's a second disclaimer. Is this. Is that many of you, and we all know people who are handicapped or disabled or have inherited genetic diseases. And we understand that those are things that have just happened that aren't choices. Cancer happens and that's not a choice in most cases. Accidents happen. There's car accidents. You can get hurt on your job in physical labor. And those are, are not necessarily what I'm addressing. Now, from this point forward, I want to address your health. I want to address my health based off uh, the things that we can control. Self-induced behavior and how it affects our health in the future. And I think God, God wants us to, to look at that. So here's, here's the first step. Like, what, what's, what's my steps to a better health? Well, there's a couple of things. I want you to realize that, that uh, first of all, your, your health is very personal. It's very personal. Because it's personal, sometimes this can be a touchy subject. Sometimes this can be a difficult subject. Because when people begin to talk about our health, because it's our body and our choices, our first reaction is, back off. This, this is my deal. And this is my choice. And it's true. It is your deal and it is your choice. And often because of that, our decisions about our health can become a stronghold. Like we talked about habits in August. A strongly defended thought. A strongly defended behavior. And so... There's never room for anyone to give us input about nutrition or give us input about exercise or give us input about lifestyle choices because it becomes so personal and we say, this is my deal. Everyone else back off. So if that is the case, then I want us to look at that from another angle. If it's personal, I want you to realize something, something that you intuitively know, but something that I want to remind you of. If your health is completely personal, then your health is your responsibility. And your health is a reflection of choices that you make on a regular basis or choices that you've made in the past. One of the things that we tend to do, I know I do this all the time, is make excuses for our health and blame somebody else. Maybe we blame the part of the country that we grew up in. Well, where I grew up, you know, there's so many the types of foods are always deep fried or the types of food we eat was, was, was Mexican food. And so we ate fried and cheese and all that stuff all the time. And that's just our culture. I'm a victim of that. A lot of times we blame our parents because our parents didn't feed us right. Our parents didn't know what the term organic meant. And here's the, here's the truth. If you were born probably between the second... World War in 1995, 
Don't blame your parents. They didn't know that all this processed food and packaged food and microwave food was so bad for you. They, they just thought it was convenient. And all the fast food that popped up everywhere. So we, we, we really are quick to blame our parents and blame other people. And the truth is that a lot of times our, our parents and grandparents made the best decisions with the information they had then. And so habits are ingrained and habits are difficult to overcome. But ultimately, uh, with knowledge and information, it becomes our responsibility. And, and when you begin to see that your health is your responsibility, listen, guys, no more excuses. No more blaming culture and the school system and parents and regions that we grew up in and say, no, no, this is my deal. This is my personality. It's easy to make the excuse, well, you know, if I was taller, I wouldn't put on so, so much weight. Or if, if I didn't have that knee injury in my eighth grade year of volleyball, I would just be running marathons right now. Come on, that was 40 years ago, 30 years ago. The truth is, is that because, because it's personal, your health, today I'm not going to give you you know, certain information, uh, a subscription of the types of nutrition you need to eat and how much exercise you should have. You probably want advice from someone else anyway on that. But things are very personal to you. Very personal to you. But with that, unique customization is also the responsibility. So if your health is personal, let, let's just take that a step further. But your health affects the people I love the most. My health affects the people I love the most. And I want you to realize this. That, yes, your health might seem personal. But the people that you love the most, it directly affects. Your spouse. Your kids. Your parents. I want to say that to, to those who are, who are younger teenagers and, or young adults. Listen, your drug activity, you might think it's your personal decision, but it affects your whole family. It affects your parents. And it's directly connected to your health. See, health is not just about saturated fat and refined sugar and how far you can run. It's it's a whole picture. It's also about the substance that we bring into our body. I think it's ironic that I've known some people who would never eat processed food or never eat refined sugar, but they, they intentionally inhale toxins through, through a cigarette or a joint and, and they're bringing these toxins into their body. And those things just don't connect. Those things don't connect at all. So it is that, that your health decisions will directly impact the people you love the most. A lot of times we have this attitude of, Hey, I don't really care about my health. I'm just going to do whatever I want to because it's a personal decision and I'm not going to care for myself today. I want you to imagine if that's the case. This week, you gathering the people you love the most, your family and your friends, and go ahead and have this meeting with them. Let's say it's going to happen this Tuesday night. And tell them, I want to tell you, family, that I don't care about my health and I'm not going to care for myself. So because I'm not going to care for myself, I want you to go ahead and plan for 10 years from now or 20 years from now or 40 years from now. Go ahead and put on your calendar that you're going to have to care for me. 
Because I'm not going to care for myself today. So it's guaranteed you're going to have to take care of me tomorrow. See, when we begin to have that attitude, we begin to see that, yeah, health isn't just a personal decision. It affects the people I love the most. It affects the people that I want to be involved in my life. And so it gives a deeper, deeper motivation. So where does this start? Where does this start? You know, I I want to avoid, I I want us to start with what God says. Let's just go there. Here's where I think it starts. It starts when you care. Your health starts when you begin to care. When you begin to realize, hey, this really does matter. This really is a decision that, yes, it's personal, but it affects everybody in my life. And then on top of that, it's connected with my faith. And it's connected to my spiritual life. Paul was writing a letter to a church in Greece. And that's important that you know that for in a few minutes. The church of Corinth in Greece. And he wrote them this letter, and it, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is really our text for the day. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Let's go back to verse 18. This is the scripture we're going to hang out in 19 and 20. But I thought this was really interesting. Where the first thing it says is flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. I just want to say this. Again, risky sexual behavior is a health issue. Yeah, it offends the holiness of God. But God has given sexual boundaries for our health also. And one of the, one of the things that is a, is a sad irony is this, is that, again, a lot of younger people are so careful about maintaining regular exercise and maintaining good nutrition, but their sexual promiscuity opens the door to, to, to a bad, healthy lifestyle opens the door to health problems the rest of their life. So I just want to, out of love, just say, look at the whole picture. And in the sexual realm, put God first. Put God first. Listen to God's ways because God is not trying to keep you from, from anything good. He's trying to help you to avoid heartache, emotional heartache. That's even a deeper reality. But physically, physically, this, this is connected to your health. So that's interesting that it starts there. Now let's roll over to verse 19. And, and here's the part that has full, uh, full application. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Now this is a remarkable verse. You are not your own. And, and it goes on and says, you were bought with a price. We'll say there are 19. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Jerusalem, there have been two temples. Uh, and, and one was destroyed, and then it was rebuilt. And today, all there is is one wall of that temple. You might have seen on the news, they call it the Wailing Wall. It's just one wall is left of the temple. The Bible lets us know there, there will be a third temple someday, as end-time events unfold under God's sovereign plan. 
But at the time of this writing, Paul, who was a Pharisee who knew all about the Jewish religion, knew about this temple and had been at that temple. Sometimes we read this in like it's some type of of replacement since the temple had been destroyed, when the temple had not been destroyed yet. So he says, don't you know that your body is a temple? Let's talk about the temple in Jerusalem. God is very particular about the temple in Jerusalem because it's a physical representation of his presence. And so God wanted the temple to be a certain size. He has very precise uh, measurements for the temple. He uses very particular ingredients and materials to reflect his glory. And that physical temple represents God. It's It's a place of honor. It's a place of glory. It's a place that reflects who God is. In addition to this, the the people who read this probably had not seen that temple in Jerusalem because they were living in Greece. But to this day, in the remains of Corinth, there are other temples. And they weren't to our God. They were to other gods. But these other temples were the centerpiece. The centerpiece of the city. They were architecturally beautiful And they made statements. And so for both the writer of this verse and the recipients, they had something very particular in mind. A building that was was valuable. A building that was constructed carefully. A building that had materials that were good. And, and, And a building that reflected the glory of God, especially the one in Jerusalem where the real God was. Now, here's the remarkable thing in verse 19. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Meaning that your physical body, it is a reflection of the glory of God. Your physical body houses the Holy Spirit. Now, I told you this church was in Greece, and there's a reason why that's important. Because Greek philosophy, or Greek, the way the Greek people thought, is they believed that matter... Like you can, you can pinch your arm, that's matter. And the chair that you sit in is matter. Anything physical, anything you could touch, including your physical body, all matter was bad. I mean, nothing good was in the, in the world. Everything physical was corrupt and bad. And only the spirit was good. Only the spirit. And this gave way to a heresy, a religion, so to speak, called Gnosticism. That's not necessarily important. I just wanted that to be in your brain there. The idea of this, flesh is bad and spirit only is good. So Paul wrote and he said, listen, your body, your physical body, your matter is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're housing the presence of God. He pushes back against that thought process that says the body is bad and only spiritual things are good. See, there's a connection There's a connection. Yes, we know that outwardly we're wasting away and inwardly we're being renewed. Yes, but that connection extends from this life to the other. God cares about our physical body. He doesn't want us to worship our physical body. He doesn't want us to idolize it. But unfortunately, as Christians, we have inherited this attitude that says, some of us, it says, ah, who cares? Who cares about your health? Because it's just physical. All I care about is spiritual. Who cares about my health because matter is bad and only spirit is good? I would suggest that that's a faulty way of thinking that we've inherited down from the Greeks and down into 
as we follow that line all the way into our theology today. Here's the point. God cares about your physical body. God cares about your health. And he wants you to care about your health too. It's a personal decision that impacts the people you love the most. It means something to God. It means something, and so it should mean something to us. So once we care, and we say, this is important, and this is spiritual, and our physical health, even though it's not something we worship or idolize like culture, it is important, and it does have value, then what should we do then? Here's the second observation. We need to respond. Once we care, we need to respond. We need to respond because we want to glorify God with our physical body. I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 20. And as you're turning there, one of the things that, one of the problems we have as a culture is we're always reacting to our health. We discover we have a disease. We discover that our poor decisions have put us in a bad place physically. And so we react to those. And, and that would be a good thing. If you've been in that situation, then you need to react. But I want to suggest to you, let's not just react. Let's respond to information we have ahead of time. Instead of, instead of just waiting and, and just hoping our health works out for us and hoping someday that we don't, uh, we don't have the same trend that our parents and grandparents had, are, are hoping that... The world ends, so we don't have to deal with the consequences of our decisions someday. Instead of that and reacting to the doctor's news, let's respond to an opportunity we have. Let's respond to information we have. And I believe the Lord wants us to do that. Now, 2 Kings 20 is a remarkable scripture. I shared this on a Wednesday night in recent months, but I've been meditating on it for a while. Hezekiah was the leader. And it says, in those days, Hezekiah became sick. He was a political leader and was at the point of death. And Isaiah, the prophet, son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die. I want to pause and say that if God uses the word shall, man, that's serious business right there. I mean, think about this. You shall die and you shall not recover. Of course, that isn't. That's a translation of what he said. But regardless, that's strong words. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I've walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, The leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. Now, that's a good word from the Lord, isn't it? And this is a good chance for us to remember something. This is a good chance for us to remember that we serve a sovereign God who knows the years of our life. And when God gives a word, that word is stronger than any word from a doctor. Is stronger than any word from a specialist. It's stronger than what the pharmacist says. It's stronger than any nutritional news. When God says a word, his word is final. And that's the hope we have. Our God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Our God 
was referred to by Luke, the physician, as the great physician. Our God has the ability to intervene in a situation. And even when we have made bad decisions, God can come in and heal us. God can come in and repay us for the years the locusts have eaten. God can come in supernaturally. And he can come and he can insert his power. He can insert his authority. And he can heal us and make us well. So I want you to know this, and I want you to hear this very clearly. Our God is supreme. Our God is a healer. Our God is stronger than any information we have, and he's the one we trust. We trust God completely. There is none other we trust. We don't trust the medical professionals. We trust God. We trust that God can use them. But we trust our God. He's the one we're trusting. So this is a good word. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your, 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 your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add 15 years to your life. You see the sovereign nature of our God, our God who determines the outcome of our days. And I will deliver you and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend the city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, bring a cake of figs and let them take and lay it on the boil that he may recover. Here's the beautiful thing about this passage. We see the power of God. We see the sovereign work of God. We see that he is the one who adds years to our lives. He is the one who controls our destiny. He is the one who has complete control over our health for he created us. He can sustain us and what he says goes period but then the prophet isaiah said bring a cake of figs and there's a little bit debate of what exactly the cake of figs is but here's the interesting thing about that all the biblical scholars that i've read have studied this believe this was some sort of medicine bring the cake of figs or the medicine let them take it and lay it on the boil that he may recover this is a beautiful picture Of God getting the glory. God getting the credit. God being sovereign. God being powerful. God having authority over sickness and diseases. And yet God using the partnership of the knowledge of that day. After the word came. The word came first. You're going to live 15 more years. Now because you've got that word. Let's go ahead and use this medicinal process. Or practice to heal the boil. I I want you to know this. You need to respond. Once you decide you care about your health, you need to respond. You need to respond with the information you have. You need to respond with the knowledge you have. You need to respond with the opportunity that you have. For all of you who are over age 30, one thing you need to do, you ought to write it down, and this is something every one of you can do, is to schedule a physical with your doctor every year. I know maybe some of you don't have insurance, don't have means on that and and there there is the salvage clinic is something that you can partner with it's one of the ministries we support here but in these days most insurance believes in preventative maintenance excuse me preventative care and you can go and get a physical that's so important you care because you care about your health and say it does matter it is connected to my spiritual life it does affect the people i love i'm going to respond to that and i'm going to do the things that i need to do In addition to that, in addition to that, this is where the customization and your personality and your history, this is where you have to 
seek the Lord and you have to evaluate what he wants you to do. Because the way the person next to you responds in their health might not be the way you need to respond. The program they use, what they do, might not be what you need to do. But God wants you to care. And God wants you to respond. And God wants you to make a decision in your own way. Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I would suggest to all of you, for none of you, unless your doctor directs you to, don't go on a diet. Instead... Just tweak your lifestyle. Make a change that's sustainable. I mean, you've heard those diets. I'm going to eat cabbage every day for 90 days and lose 40 pounds. And no one can sustain that past 90 days. Grapefruit 45, the pill. Or grapefruit 45. Anyone remember that? Okay, thank you, Wendy. Someone remembered that. So there, there, there are all types of things that are trendy. But instead, instead change your lifestyle and respond Respond to the Lord. Here's the, the last point I want to make about that. Last point is this, is include. Include the Holy Spirit. Include the partnership of God. If we serve a God who cares, cares about our physical body and he causes us to care. And because he cares and we care, we're going to respond and we're going to make decisions. Then you include him. Include the Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit is known as the teacher. And he teaches us all good things. And he teaches us his way. And he'll show you the path for you. He'll show you the path you need to take. He'll show you the steps you need to take. He'll encourage you on the steps you're already maybe taking. And so that you can say that our God who is a teacher and who loves us is in partnership with me. You know, the disciples asked Jesus a, a question one time that when they first asked it, it would seem like a silly question. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. That seems like an odd question when they had heard him pray many times. They had been with him when he had prayed. They, they had seen him pray. If anyone knew how to pray, it should be the disciples. But yet they asked this Ridiculous question. Teach us to pray. From that question came some of the greatest insights, or the greatest insight on prayer that we have recorded when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer. I think that it would be good and appropriate and glorifying to God if we said, God, teach us to be healthy. Teach us to be healthy. That doesn't mean from this day forward, you're going to be perfect. I mean, I've done that before. From this day forward, God, I will jog three miles without fail. Yeah, right. From this day forward, I will never eat this or I will always eat this and all that. It's, it's about a course adjustment, a lifestyle adjustment. It's about a partnership where Jesus teaches you. The Spirit walks with you because you care. And that leads us back to the last scripture that I wanted us to look at again. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. And this phrase just jumps off the page and jumps off the screen. I hope it jumps into your heart. So glorify God in your body. Think about that. Glorify God in your body. Glorify God. You're the temple. Glorify God in your body. 
understanding the realities before you, but understanding that the things you can control, you're going to do your best to glorify God. The things you can't control, we trust the sovereign God in that. Things you can control, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to ask you to help me. I'm going to ask you to be with me. I'm going to ask for you to make this important. You see, on first look at a sermon like this, it seems maybe, maybe some would say, oh, this is a fluffy sermon, or this is a trendy sermon, or this isn't one of those sermons that have real teeth to it. I disagree. I disagree because I believe one of the strategies of the enemy for your life is to come in the back door by making you not care about your health, making you not respond, by having you exclude God from your health because only the spirit is good, matter is not good. And when that happens, when that happens, then it keeps you from going the distance. It keeps you from living your life to the full extent that God wants it to. It eats up your resources because you're spending money on medications that perhaps in some areas that if you made lifestyle adjustments, you maybe wouldn't have to use those medications or you won't have to in the future. It it robs your energy. And energy is the indicator of health. You don't have energy to serve your church. You don't have energy to be with your kids or grandkids. You don't have energy to carry on a significant conversation. Let me tell you, one of the greatest honors in life you'll ever do is to listen to people. And when you don't have, it takes a lot of energy to listen to people. So you have to see, see how your health is an extension of what the Spirit wants you to do. So that's what the Lord wants to say to us today. Let's pray about that. God, I can tell that a lot of us are thinking right now and reflecting. And I'm so glad that you always give your truth with love. And it feels real safe to be with you right now, Lord. I know some of you have really, really negative feelings towards a subject because you have been badgered by a parent. And a parent has uh, used your lack of perfection in the area of health to demean you and make you feel like you're a bad person. I just want you to know that the father doesn't feel that way towards you. He doesn't feel that way to you. And our God loves you. Our God is waiting for you. So the Lord wants you to know that's a, that's a new day for you. There's a new day coming for your health. Because no longer will you compartmentalize it and it be this isolated part of your life. You're going to invite the Spirit to partner with you. And the Spirit wants to be with you. Others of you have erroneously believed that it's too late that because you've made bad changes, why give effort now? You've even thought, I wish I would have heard this 10 years ago. I wish I would have heard this 20 years ago. Listen, nonsense. You heard it today for a reason. You heard it today for a reason. Despite maybe some of the things that you're suffering with because of bad decisions, you know, the Lord wants you to know this. If you would just, would just give him space and let him teach you, let him partner with you, that he, he will walk with you and it will go well for you. Lord, I thank you for the scripture today about Hezekiah because we are reminded you're sovereign over the years of our life. And Lord, when we humble ourselves and we come to you, 
Lord, you will give us more days when it's in your plan. And when it's in your plan, you don't just give us more days. You give us the wisdom to walk those out. So we thank you, Lord. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you, God, that you're so gracious that you don't, you don't treat us as our sins deserve, oh God. So, Lord, for those who are struggling physically for whatever reason, I thank you. Your power is here to heal them, oh Lord. Lord, you're so good, and we praise your name, and we thank you. As you're sitting there reflecting on what's said, would you ask the Lord, how do you want me to respond? I don't think it would be in your best interest to come up with a dozen things. If the Spirit does that, that's fine, but is there one thing, two things, maybe just that one thing, that's a way you can respond. Just ask the Lord, because he loves you, and he loves your family. And he wants to see, he wants to see his full will unfold on this earth in your life. So we ask you, oh God, for your help. We need you, Lord. So in this just gentle moment, let's ask the Lord what changes, how he wants us to respond. Thank you, Lord. Well, in the spirit of prayer, attitude of prayer, can we just all stand together, if you're able to? It would very much surprise me if there was anyone in here, any adult in here especially, who something didn't come to their mind. It would would really surprise me. Because we could all change something, we could all do something. So that's his grace. His grace informs and his grace loves us. So now we have a chance to respond to his grace. We have a couple of minutes left together, and I want you to use that to connect with the God who loves you. Here at the front to your left is a place for you to take communion if you choose today. Also, in the back, directly behind this middle section, are other tables with the communion elements. And so if that's the way you want to respond to the Lord today, uh, I won't give you any more directions on that. You can just come and take the bread and the cup on your own or, or with a friend.